Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Happy Friday, everybody. Greetings today from the Smoothie King Center, where the uh, homestand continues. Pelicans and Celtics tonight, and a chance for a playoff spot tonight. Well, at least to move up. A little bit. Pelicans with a win tonight would move into the eighth position of the Western Conference. Thank you, Chicago Bulls. Thank you, Etwan Moore. Uh, thank you, Paul Gasol, because the play was for Gasol to end the Bulls game last night. He kicked it out. Moore hits a three, and the Bulls come back and defeat the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Wow. Um, Westbrook, unbelievable again, but uh, thank you, Chicago Bulls. So with that, there's a little extra uh, juice here at the uh, Smoothie King Center today as the Pelicans get set for the Celtics tonight. It's 80s night, by the way, at Smoothie King Center. Um, we're giving away, we being the Pelicans, I guess, we're giving away a Pelicans Rubik's Cube. And while I love everything 80s, um, I hate I hated Rubik's Cube. I, I could not solve the stupid thing. But um, I know of you, a lot of you did. Uh, and so this one, <laughs> this one may be a one that you have a lot of fun with tonight. I'll have fun with the music. I'll beat anybody at Name That Tune tonight. Um, speaking of 80s, I think Name That Tune actually spilled into the 80s. The game show from the 70s it used to crack me up all the time because, like, they'd get somebody on there and they would, like, name that tune in two notes. And I was like, there's no way. So we'll have more ridiculousness, as they say, at the uh, Smoothie King Center tonight. 80s night here. Uh, against the Boston Celtics. Uh, tough news last night, by the way, for the Portland Trailblazers. I, I hated hearing about the Wesley Matthews injury. If you did not uh, catch the news, he's ruptured an Achilles tendon. He is done for the year. Uh, so, man, that Aaron Aflalo deal that they pulled uh, comes in huge. They're going to ask a lot of him here the rest of the way. And on the NFL front, um, Fox Sports is reporting that Marcus Colston is going to stay with the New Orleans Saints with a restructured contract. Again, nothing from the team on that, we'll probably get some uh, news officially from the New Orleans Saints on a, a few things, uh, either later on this Friday or certainly uh, we hope over the weekend, uh, Monday at the latest. And uh, of course, NewOrleansSaints.com for all of that. John DeShazer, by the way, joins us on Monday to recap what we think will be uh, some news over the weekend 
and uh, it'll also finish our lap around the NFC South. Uh, John will take care of the Saints as far as what we're previewing for NFL free agency starting on Tuesday. Speaking of that lap around the NFC South, we'll uh, we'll do so with the Carolina Panthers on this Friday. Mick Mixon, the voice of the Panthers, uh, joins us. We'll get his thoughts on where things stand right now with the defending NFC South champs. I know, that sounds strange, doesn't it? Uh, but Mick Mixon, we're pleased to have with us here today. And uh, certainly we'll also have Monty Williams for you extensively here on this Friday. Well, that's kind of our norm. We kind of uh, we, we do a little encore performance of the Monty Williams radio show, and there's a lot of ground covered from last night's show. So Monty Williams is our focus here on the Black and Blue Report today. And then before we get out of here, a little injury update on Ryan Anderson. Not back yet, but today was the first time we heard from Ryan in some time with regard to uh, the knee sprain he suffered back at, during that really long homestand uh, last month. So a full show on this Friday. Glad you're with us. Um, by the way, we uh, checked out some numbers yesterday. Um, a lot of you are catching us on iTunes, and I'm glad. Um, it's free on iTunes, and uh, if you're not using that service, the one advantage that you'll gain, obviously, by going through iTunes, that if you, if you click on it as a subscription, it will download to your mobile device each and every day that we have a show. Um, otherwise, you can always get it real easy on your Saints app or mobile app or on your Pelicans mobile app uh, with all the news and stats and everything else that come with those with those outlets. So kudos to all of you on iTunes. Um, I, we're pleasantly surprised uh, by the uh, bulk of you on iTunes right now. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll start off our uh, guest list today with Monty Williams. Segments uh, two and four from last night's Monty Williams radio show on WWL-FM. Today there's segments two and three for you on the Black and Blue Report. It's going to be a totally tubular, totally rad 80s night at the Smoothie King Center this Friday. Join us as your Pelicans face off against the Boston Celtics at 7 p.m. and relive the days of cassette tapes and big hair. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. The first 3,000 fans will receive a Pelicans Rubik's Cube, and you won't want to miss Bag of Donuts live at halftime. Tickets start as low as $15, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's pub. quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. This is Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans and Celtics tonight at 7 here at the Smoothie King Center. Last night on WWL-FM was the Monty Williams radio show. A lot of topics covered. Here was our first uh, segment with Coach from last night's program. Coach, there's been a lot of talk here recently about the personality of your team, the identity of your team. Uh, I'll say this, there's a little more fight in your team, and maybe that's the best way to look at it. Well, I think it, you know, we're not going to get happy on the farm just yet. We, we have a lot of basketball that we have to play, but the growth of our team over the past few weeks, um, you can see it, but it didn't just start in the last few weeks. It, it's It's been something that um, has 
come from a foundation that started a long time ago. But when you start adding all these new players, you ha it takes time to get everything to mesh well. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit is guys are starting to mesh uh, the first 30, 40 games of the year. There was a, you know, a lot of inconsistency, a lot of up and down. Um, and I, I always felt like that was just a part of the process. Even though we didn't like it, it was just part of where we were. And now we're starting to see our team grab a hold of the identity, uh, which for us has always been playing hard and, and defending well and being efficient on offense. And, you know, it's just been unfortunate that we've had these injuries, mm -hmm. but a blessing in that different guys are stepping up and, and making plays and, and doing stuff that we haven't, uh, haven't seen them do all year long. And that, that's been a, a pretty cool thing. With those circumstances, Coach, I almost get this sense or this feeling that your guys feel, hey, we can do this. There's a belief, I guess. Yeah, I think they've always felt that way but didn't know how. And when you look at the makeup of our team, we, nobody on our team of the core guys outside of Ryan had ever had a winning record. Mm -hmm. So those guys, Tyreek, AD, Eric, they, they don't know what it's like to be on a winning NBA team and understand that process of being a team that's in the hunt, um, at times being hunted, critiqued, ridiculed, um, all those things. Uh, were something that they had to get used to, I think. And uh, Drew made the playoffs with a losing record, I think. And yeah. that, that's a different – Drew's never had a winning record. So we're, we're, our goal was to get this team to have a winning record this year. And we're trying to do that as we speak. And the goal that's out in front of us is to make the playoffs. But you can't just do that. There's a process that has to be – you know, undertaking. So bringing in guys like Quincy and Norris, that's all those guys know. And they're bringing a different mentality and style to the team. That's every possession, every film session, every practice. You got to be the best you can be. What do they say? I mean, I know some of it's by example, but surely there have to be words involved too, right? Yeah, a lot of it I don't even know about. I mean, I'm sure the, the conversations in the locker room, the way they go about their business, um, now, what I do see from those guys in the huddles are, you know, they're talking about defense and possessions and, you know, take the good with the bad, those type of things I, we haven't heard from anybody other than the coaches. And our guys are like, okay, this is, this is that stuff that, you know, we've heard about. And it's, re it's been a breath of fresh air, enlightening for, for all of us to have guys like that because uh, Omir's been around it, but he, you know, he's quiet. Mm -hmm. Omir's a quiet dude. Um, Ryan's been around it. Ryan's pretty quiet when it comes to talking about team stuff like that. So to have two guys who are vocal about that kind of leadership has been good for us. Let's be honest. You can hear that stuff. You can watch it on TV. But winning six of your last seven and, and, and hearing the message and then seeing the reward or the delivering of the goods, if you will, has to go some some distance, right? I think it does. Um, at the same time, I think we can't lose sight of everything that's in front of us. You know, you, 
can't get drunk off of your past. It, it, it can stagnate you, you know. So we feel good about what we've done, but all of our guys know that we're still in the ninth spot. We haven't clinched. We haven't come close to doing that. The teams that we're trying to catch are not just going to fall to us. And, you know, have we taken care of our business in one regard? Yeah, we beat OKC 3-1. I don't think anybody when we started the season would have said we were going to beat them 3-1. So we did something that nobody felt we could do. Now we got to try to do something that nobody thinks we can do is make the playoffs with some of the best teams in the league in front of us. And we play in the toughest division, maybe in sports. So that right there gets you out of the past because you have all this stuff ahead of you that you have to take care of. What's the balance between pressure and enjoyment of the chase? It's all a part of this. It's all the same thing. Like, in my position, the position of the players, but I can only speak for myself, that's just a part of my life. That's, that's just where I sleep with it. Um, I wake up with it. It's all the same to me. Um, and that's why you just work as hard as you can, do the best you can, and you live with the results. Because that, that pressure, that stuff, that whatever you want to call it, is always there. And so when I get on my knees and pray at night, I ask the Lord to help me deal with that the right way. And it doesn't go anywhere. It's just a, it's a, it's a natural, normal part of success or trying to go after something that's bigger than you. And to me, as a competitor, as an athlete, as a coach, I think that's where most people want to be. You know, if you don't want that, then you're probably, you know, just doing it for the money or doing it for the wrong reasons. But when you're going after something, um, that atmosphere is, is just a part of it. All right, the rest of the Monty Williams interview is yours after this quick timeout on the Black and Blue Report. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Besh Restaurant Group and your Pelicans present an exclusive Chalk Talk dinner at Bourne, a John Besh restaurant. Join us Monday, March 16th at 6.30 p.m. for your chance to enjoy great food prepared by Chef Brian Landry and the Bourne staff. The night will be hosted by a Pelicans broadcaster and include appearances by Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans and general manager Del Dimps. Tickets are limited to enjoy this night of food and fun. Score your seats and get more info at BourneRestaurant.com. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, if you're a child of the 80s like me, you're going to enjoy the rest of our interview with head coach Monty Williams. He talks about some of his 80s memories in lieu of uh, 80s night tonight here at the Smoothie King Center. Here now is part two of my visit last night with head coach Monty Williams. Let's talk about a couple of individuals real quick. Tyree Evans, is he playing the best basketball of his career right now? And if so, why? Well, the, the easy answer is yes, and because of me. <laughs> but the, the, the first one would be correct, and the second one would be wrong. Um, Tyreek's 
playing the best basketball of his career. I think a lot of it has to do with um, his ability to work on his game, um, maybe the players he's playing with, and um, I think his just his desire to get better um, has allowed him to to play this kind of basketball. And you know, I didn't say it to him when we signed him, but you know, I, I talked to him about the guys that we've had in our program that have made big-time leaps in their career, whether they were out of the league and made a name for themselves or um, really good players and got better. And, you know, that's something that we pride ourselves on here. Our coaching staff is unreal in player development. You can hear the ball bouncing still. Guys are in the gym, and Tyreek's one of them sitting on the court right now getting his work in. So, you know, I'm, I, I always – Look at myself as someone that's just a part of the process, but the players do all the work, and they should get the credit for that, and, and they get paid well for it. And so, um, just I'm glad to see the way he's developing, and he's still a young player. He's got a ways to go, and he's really talented. After watching Anthony Davis blast away again last night, I can't help but think, Coach, that while the injury stinks, the last three weeks may have provided some rest for him to push through the rest of the season. Was there a blessing in disguise there, do you think? Maybe, you know, there was a lot of things that happened that um, we didn't foresee when he got hurt. Um, other guys got a chance to play. Nobody thought we'd, you know, win the games that we won. Um, that was really cool for us. And then, you know, he did rest his legs. You know, I, I played him 41 minutes last night and he looked like he just took a jog in the park. So. I don't plan on doing that a lot if we don't have to, but I think there is um, some silver linings in, in the fact that he didn't play. Now, we much rather have our full roster playing mm -hmm. for each other and playing hard, yeah, but um, to watch Luke develop and Alexi and you know, have Norris and Quincy and Dante be able to step up into different roles that they probably wouldn't have if we had our full team um, it's pretty good for our growth, and we just want to maximize it as best we can. You've got Elliot Williams on here, in here on a 10-day contract, Coach. Uh, get a good look at him, another body of practice. Um, whether or not he plays a lot for you the next 10 days is a whole other matter, but what, what, what do you know about him? Is there something that you have to look at specifically, or do you step back and just say, show me, young man, what you've got? A bit of both. Um, you know, because I coached in Portland for a few years, I'm always watching them and the moves they make just out of sentiment. And it's Portland's a place I visit in the summer, so I'm always checking them out. And he was one of the guys that was there. And so when I'd watch their games, when he got a chance to play, I saw this unreal, explosive kid out there running, jumping, dunking, shooting threes. And I was like, what? what is up with this kid? And then he'd get hurt. And then he'd get back and do the same thing, and then he'd get hurt. And I think the thing that's different now, I think he's been healthy for over a year for the first time. And we got a chance to bring him into the program and, you know, see what he can, you know, maybe help us this year, maybe. Or is he somebody that can be in our system and, and put him in the PD program and see if he can, he can get better? Because he's got experience. Mm -hmm. um, He's been in big-time programs. People forget that he, he went to Duke and, you know, went back home to take care of his mom. Um, so he's, 
he's been a big time player, and you know maybe we, he's another guy that we can be a part of the process of his development as a player. He's been tearing up the D League this year. What's the distance between tearing up the D League and being a guy who can stick in the big league, if you will? A canyon. You know, people, you don't realize it until you get here. Um, the D League is great, but there's nobody like Anthony at the rim waiting on you when you go to the basket. Uh, there's nobody like Chris Paul hawking you up and down the floor or Norris Cole. Um, so when you get here, and, and all the guys know it, the speed, the IQ, uh, the pace of the game, a bit more controlled. I think they have one of those teams in the D League that they're you know, trying to get a shot up every mm -hmm. five seconds, and they're scoring like 150, 160 points. Nobody's going to do that here. So it's a totally different game. Um, the travel's different. Um, the coaching is, you know, still coaching, but there's a huge chasm between the D League and the NBA, and that's that's the reason why the, there's a D League and the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on a lighter note for a moment, just because of our age. Um, tomorrow night for the fans, it's '80s night at Smoothie King Center. Any fond '80s memories for you? I mean, that that's kind of some formative years for guys like you and me. Yeah. Ah, gosh, I think for me, the 80s were a time where I kind of became a competitor, uh, fell in love with um, team sports at the same time. It was a, a goofy age for me also. You're a teenager and you're going through, you know, growing up. I, I was 5'11", and... Five, six months later, I was six five, six six, and ended up being six seven and a half, six eight. So those years in the 80s were my awkward years where I, I wore size 14 or 15 when I was like 11 or 12 years old. And um, big hands, great big teeth, really skinny, and I looked like Lurch, basically, pigeon-toed, and all those awkward acne years where you're – trying to figure out how to, you know, what you should wear, how to fit in. And um, it was a good time for me to to formulate my personality. And it, it actually made me more independent because uh, I realized I wasn't somebody who was always going to fit in. And uh, I was able to build that strength during that time. And, you know, it was just a huge development year uh, time for me. I went from – I was 10 years old in 19 – 81, and by the time I left for college in 89, I went from this skinny, goofy kid from the country to All-American in high school and headed to Notre Dame. So a lot of change for me in the 80s. But style and all that, had yeah. none, had none. No parachute pants, no cuff jeans, no, no Michael Jackson no. jacket. <laughs> I didn't have my mom and I, you know, I, I had my mother did the best she could to provide for me, and so I... You know, I had a few cool – I had the acid wash jeans, mm -hmm. two-tone jeans. You know, I remember I had a members-only jacket. Um, you know, I had the I had the kid-and-play box haircut when I was in, in the 80s. I had the – in the 80s, we had all the weird parts in our heads and, you know, had to get your haircut every week, that type of a deal. Gold chains were in back then. Back then, if you had a gold rope or something like that, you were like – Bill Gates, man, you thought you were just doing it. Um, 
you know, cars weren't a big issue then because no, I was too young to drive, but uh, clothing was a big deal, and, you know, I didn't have a, a ton of stuff, but the stuff that I did have, I took good care of it, and it was Sassoon jeans, Calvin Klein, Jordache, oh, man. all that. Taking me back. Jerbo, all that stuff. Izai was huge back then. Collar up, right? Collar up. Collar up. up. You had to go Michael Jackson yep. with the collar up. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the white glove. I didn't have the high water pants, but I had a members only jacket. Yep. And uh, I used to pull my sleeve up, my sleeves up on the on my shirts and all that. And so it was, you know, a time where it was too much acne, too much cologne. Oh yeah. Uh, not a lot of showers because I was a boy. You know, I was just like everybody else. <laughs> Most guys try to act like they're clean, but it's a lot of cologne and and uh, air fresheners. So I, I was just like most guys back then. And um, it wasn't until I met my wife in 89 when I started to realize that this was somebody that I, I didn't want to mess around with, and I started to make some changes, real changes, so I could impress this girl. But before that, it was, I was just another goofy kid. You did all right. I think you did okay. <laughs> um, by the way, there is a game tomorrow night. It's against Boston. I, don't, I won't ask you spe- specifically about, about Boston, but I will leave you with this or let you finish with this. Number one, I, I, I get the feeling you guys feel like you owe them one. And then number two, your focus is probably less on 7 o'clock tomorrow as, as it is 9 a.m., um, so what's specifically a shoot-around tomorrow and maybe that thought on Boston to get us finished tonight? Our mentality going into the game, um, understanding they did beat us. Uh, we have to kind of let that go and approach tomorrow as if um, they are somebody that's in front of us. And, and we can't allow anyone to outwork us. Um, they beat us up there because they outworked us and we didn't um, understand the moment. That team that played that game is so different. You know, we don't mm-hmm. didn't have Norris. We had Drew, Ryan, you know. Guys hurt. A lot of guys yeah. hurt. Quincy wasn't on the team. Dante was there, but he'd just gotten to the team. And so the team is totally different. I think we're playing a different style of basketball. We're sharing the ball a lot more. Uh, defensively, we've gotten better, even though the numbers don't say so. We've, we've learned how to defend in certain moments that really have helped us. And so that's going to be our focus. You know, how can we continue to take what we've done these last few weeks and apply it to tomorrow? And it just starts with a great uh, focus and attention to detail in our shoot-around tomorrow. Good show tonight. All the best to you guys this weekend. Yeah, all the best to our fans. And and, uh, don't overdo it tomorrow with the 80s (laughs) look because some of that stuff was – for the ladies, they can do it well, but most of us guys, we all know that we were awkward, goofy, and, and a bit offbeat back then, and we tried to tried to promote ourselves in ways that are just bad. Bad. <laughs> bad. I'll take the music, though. I'll enjoy that part the tomorrow night. Great. Yep. The yep. music was great. Yep. There was nobody better than Michael Jackson during the 80s, man. I thought he was like – I thought he was going to be the – best everything and uh we had michael jordan and lynn bias and larry bird and dr j during those times too and the washington redskins were great and i hated it because i was from dc but i hated the redskins i was a cowboys fan pittsburgh steelers were off the chart i mean the 80s were a great time and things were a lot slower and a lot 
different. No internet, no cell phones, not even pagers, I don't think, mm -hmm. back then, uh, maybe late 80s. So things were a lot different. Gas was, what, dollar something a gallon, <laughs> you know. So uh, my, I, I still cut, I used to cut my granddad's grass with a push lawnmower, you know, with the wind up. I took the rope and wound it around the deal and pulled it. You know, that's how long ago that was. So the 80s were a cool time, great foundational time for, for guys like you. Yep. Thanks. Absolutely. When we come back, football, NFC South, Carolina Panthers, the uh, lap around the division continues in just a moment. Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We uh, turn our attention to the NFL again here today on this Friday as we continue our lap around the NFC South. We've already covered the Buccaneers and the Falcons, and uh, we follow up today with one, another one of our favorite guests. That's Mick Mixon, the voice of the defending division champ, Carolina Panthers. Good morning, Mick. Sean, how you doing? You keeping it? Keeping everything straight down there? Trying to. One ball's round. One ball has a point at each end. Uh, when I can keep those two straight, I'm in good shape. Good gosh. Well, it's good to hear your voice. I appreciate you reaching out, and it sounds weird to hear you even say of the defending NFC South division champion Carolina Panthers. You kind of have to go back and read the media guide uh, to really uh, pinch yourself if you're a Panther fan to figure out how Carolina did it. I mean, a lot of teams struggle, but you're right. We didn't get any rings, but we got some T-shirts anyway. I was going to say, no ring ceremony. Are you guys going to raise a banner or something? How's this work for you guys? Well, you got to sell the sizzle. If you don't have the bacon you want, you know you got to sell the sizzle, like the marketing people say. So absolutely, there'll be there'll be a banner, there'll be something or other. There's no ticker tape parade, but I do think that the best could be yet to be for the Panthers. We have some obvious needs and some holes to fill, but. A strong nucleus of pretty good ball players coming back. No doubt about that. And as Wes Durham and I were talking yesterday, it used to be in baseball that the big deal in the offseason was the Hot Stove League. And really maybe now the Hot Stove League, especially with all the weather we've been having, uh, is in the NFL. And so with that, uh, you spoke of you know possible needs. You know The NFL's new year starts next week, and therefore free agency begins. Uh, what do you think the Carolina Panthers are going to look to do with free agency prior to the draft? We'll probably just sleep through the whole thing and, and not even set an alarm clock, uh, let other teams try to spend all this money, and then just stand pat with the hand we got. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. I think our needs 
are in a couple of different areas, and it's, it's a similar conversation to what the Panthers could have been going through prior to last season, and that is uh, a little bit more juice at wide receiver. I don't know how the Randall Cobb thing will shake out, but you know, he, cause he'll, he'll command 10, I would think, 8, 10 million for this year. But in that sort of Jeremy Macklin, Michael Crabtree, Kenny Britt, Cecil Shorts, you know, maybe even a, one of the older heads, and Andre Johnson and Brandon Marshall, there may be a, a wide receiver that can help the Panthers. Uh, Carolina is always looking for pass rushers, and there are some enticing pass rushers in the free agent uh, talent pool right now. And then I think along the offensive line, Sean, I think that uh, that left tackle spot, I'm not trying to hire or fire anybody, but I mean, I think just looking at us play and following by any measured analysis, the Panthers need to protect this unique athlete in Cam Newton as best as they can. It seemed like he was running for his life a lot last year. Was that, it refreshed my memory. Was that because of a lack of maybe talent, or was there an injury situation that I'm forgetting about? No, probably a little bit of both. Uh, Ryan Khalil anchored that line, stayed healthy most of the year, but the Panthers were having to go um, on the street. I mean, we were looking at Radio Shack and Ball and just about any anywhere to find 320-pound 300, kids to look like they can play. So, um, you know, Chris Scott coming on and off the, the active list, he provided some depth. Uh, but, um, you know, I really think Byron Bell at that left tackle spot, I think the Panthers have some pretty good guards. Uh, but I think yeah, that as, as the tackles run, you know, the Panthers started the year with Nate Chandler and Byron Bell at tackle. And, the, and the, at training camp, Sean, neither guy knew whether that he was going to be playing left or right tackle. That was a situation that was a little bit unstable, even as the Panthers were into training camp. So I think setting the O-line goals a little higher will we'll be on the general manager's list for this offseason. Mick, how much work does Carolina have to do with regard to the cap between now and Tuesday, and then what will that leave them to maybe spend on free agency? Well, the Panthers, uh, our general manager, Sean, uh, Dave Gettleman was asked about this a couple of weeks ago, and he, he said sort of a funny thing. He said, we're not going to be at the dollar store this year like we were last year. Uh, we've upgraded to, can't remember his exact words, but I think he said maybe Walmart. You know, we're in the we're in that area. We're not in that team with just a deep vein of, of tremendous money to spend, $40, $50 million in cap room like a couple of teams have. But inheriting a bad cap situation, a cap strap team, Dave Gettleman's done a good job of managing that, that P&L statement. So I think the Panthers will be in that 4 to $5 million uh, area of, of some cap room. So that will allow you to go shopping and maybe try to do, do a few things. Just your personal opinion here. What happens with the Greg Hardy situation? Does that affect what happens here in the next four to six weeks? I think so. I mean, there's all kind of news reports that, that say that he will not be back with the Carolina Panthers. I do not know if there's any science behind those at all. I think that Greg Hardy will play for somebody this coming season, whether it's the Panthers or not. And and I think it's it's going to be an enticing uh, he's an enticing prospect because he's at the height of his powers physically. Uh, he was uh, charged with and found guilty by a, a judge. He had a bench guilty verdict of two misdemeanors in, in this incident involving his former girlfriend, Nicole Holder. But then he appealed that, and then she did not show up uh, when the jury trial began, and so he, the case has been adjudicated. That's what's happened in the courts, but the NFL still wants to tread very lightly making sure that there's no Ray Rice kind of hidden video. So they're trying to do all their diligence and make sure uh, that they, you know, that they still have to give Greg Hardy the, either a, a small suspension or, or a, a clean stamp of approval. 
How much uh, tread did the uh, Panthers give with their fan base in locking up their fantastic tight end this past week? Uh, Greg Olson, man, that's that central casting. Send us over a tight end. Awesome locker room guy, narrow waist, broad shoulders, good hands, uh, leader, son of a coach, loves to talk football. So uh, I, th- I think that was – you probably just heard maybe a sigh of relief down there in the Crescent City among Panther fans with knowing that Greg Hardy's going to be here for at least three more years. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, we just caught you coming off of a speaking engagement, which you probably do, what, three, four days a week, as popular as you are, Mick? Well, I don't know about that. It's just uh, it's, it's amazing how how many uh, people value something that he, any trained monk could do, which is talk into a microphone and welcome people to an event, introduce a speaker or two, and thank the sponsor. But it is um, it is part of the job, and I'm passionate about it. I imagine you do a lot of this kind of thing too, don't you, Sean? I get a few of them, and I'm curious as to who maybe you look to as far as being a mentor as an MC, and how much of his shtick did you steal because I know I've done it <laughs> well I, I believe stridently in word economy um, I'm a low ego broadcaster I have this crazy notion that the game is the thing the athletes are the stars uh, we're merely the conduit that connects the fans the sponsors with the, the doers of these great deeds I, I try to keep it moving I do not tell stories about myself I don't try I try not to refer to myself I celebrate it if we start on time and end on time and that's that's kind of how I that's kind of how I try to roll with. I'm no Roy Firestone or anybody like that. That's for sure. Would you mind coming to speak at every banquet I have to attend from now until my retirement? Because that <laughs> seems to be the perfect formula right there. Oh man, yeah. Just keep it good, guys. Man, keep it simple. Um, yeah, people people don't want to come and hear the MC. They want to hear they want to hear the speaker. No doubt. And that's why you are where you are. The voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon, will here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Mick, I'll let you get back to it. Thanks. And I'd, I'd tell you all the best to the Panthers, but you know I'd be lying, right? Well, I, but I appreciate your, you, 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 you are a good, uh, you're a good politician, so I, I take it with the, the manner in which you've intended it. <laughs> and I'll take that as well. All right, my friend, take care. Take care, buddy. Take travel. Thank you. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. We're about set to wrap things up here on the Black and Blue Report. Get ready for the weekend, which will be busy for the Pelicans. Saints, too, by the way. They've got a lot of work to do before 
uh, Tuesday. Uh, but before we get out of here on this Friday, let's take you inside the Pelicans locker room where Ryan Anderson uh, spoke for the first time in some time about the uh, MCL sprain he has in his knee. Yeah, this is Ryan Anderson with the media just a short time ago. It's been about two weeks now, man. Where are you? What you, what you need? Um, you know, I think uh, you know, recovery has been it's been a process. You know, it's something that obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm really working on a lot of um, getting mobility back, just walking. Um, you know, the past week I've made big strides um, as far as just getting out of a big knee brace and um, my flexibility is a lot better. It's just that still that rotation. You know, I haven't tried anything on the on the court yet. We're still doing some pool work and um, I did stuff on the arc trainer, which is kind of the treadmill that uh, takes some of the weight off of your body. So, uh, you know, it's tough, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's recovery process is something that I obviously have to do to, uh, get better. And, um, you know, obviously training staff's doing that. We're doing everything we can. So, um, doing a lot of strengthening exercises and just, uh, mobility exercises right now. So it'll probably take the whole four weeks, you think? Um, it's hard, you know, that's, it's really just when my body feels good, you know, and obviously uh, this strength work is going to be a big part of the next few weeks and um, building that back up and getting back on the court. So um, obviously I want to get back as soon as I can, though. Has that been the extent of what you've done? Is just rehab? No certain Yeah, just rehab. Only rehab. Uh, you know, just stayed in doing a lot of ice, doing a lot of STEM, doing a lot of strengthening and mobility, like I said. So. Um, yeah, won't, no surgery needed or anything like that. How much do you worry about the longer you're out, the, the, the harder it is to get that rhythm back once again? And we're getting into the stretch of the season where you need to be in rhythm. Everybody needs sure. to be in the right kind of rhythm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not super concerned about getting back into the rhythm. You know, um, uh, I've come back from injuries before, you know. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I just uh, – obviously the team's playing so great right now, and it's, it's – uh, you know, I want to come back and be able to help that team improve even more, you know. Uh, and uh, But, you know, it's been great watching the guys play right now. They're playing so well. and um, So I just want to get back and help the team the best I can. I asked Drew this the other day. When you're out for an extended amount of time, and obviously his is a lot longer than yours, do you? and the team is playing well without mm-hmm. you, do you worry about being able to fit into what they're doing and, and not – that'd be a drawback not mm-hmm. seeing the team struggle but more continue to go forward sure play to worry about that um no it's not something you want to think about obviously you know i've i this is a group i'm you know i'm used to playing with and um you know obviously i think we've we've just made big improvements with the guys we've added you know norris has been playing great and you know and, and lexi's been doing a great job I'm, you know i think that is we have a we have a group that's really used to playing with each other and, and guys that are new that understand how to play the game so um, I'm not. I'm not too concerned with that. Uh, I just want to come back healthy, like I said, and, and um, you know, just win. We just need to win games. So, however that takes, if that's um, warming me up back into things, whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, I just want to help the team the best I can. So it sounds good. I think we're getting closer to maybe having Ryan Anderson back, and then the uh, the last guy we need back is Drew Holiday. Obviously, um, I'm hoping we get an update on holiday perhaps after this upcoming road trip which will go through milwaukee and then brooklyn and so maybe an update by midweek wednesday thursday next week yeah that'd be a good question for the monty williams radio show next thursday night we'll uh, 
We'll, we'll effort to do that for you. We'll effort for some wins this weekend. We've got a home back-to-back. Boston tonight, we owe them one. And then Memphis is here tomorrow. Uh, that's a 6 o'clock tip-off, by the way, in both games all across the Pelicans radio network and both games also on Fox Sports New Orleans. Stay tuned to NewOrleansSaints.com throughout the weekend. I think that'll be key. And then uh, we'll talk to you on Monday on Monday's Black and Blue Reports. Uh, we've got a few things uh, ready to go for you, including John DeShazer to uh, reset the Saints table before the end of the NFL year, which would be on Tuesday. I know, the end of the NFL year and the start of the new year all happen on the same day. Cuckoo, huh? Anyway, have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll see you on the radio tonight, otherwise on Monday here at the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.